this role that we have as caretakers to look after regenerative systems, systems that can grow and evolve. You know, I always think about what I'm putting into it. But there's what I got out of today's conversation is it's not only what you're putting into it and how you're caretaking it, but it's also part of the caretaker's role is to defend against demands that are too over the top. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. What I love about the, the globe right now is you just have no idea. What yeah, you tomorrow really don't. will bring, like you seriously, really yeah. Me and the family were living in Vietnam. We came back from my brother's wedding in February, March last year, and we just haven't been able to get back out. So we wow. we, we we made a choice to move country <laughs> involuntarily. So yeah, it's and was that time. was that a good move? Like, as in, are you glad you did that, knowing what has hit the world right now? Vietnam is actually interesting. It's similar the way they're handling all the cases and everything. It's pretty similar to Australia. Hmm. Like they, you know, go straight into lockdown and they've got a pretty tight lid on it. But I think to begin with, I was frustrated because I really love, I really love Asian life. Like everything is convenient and wow. two minutes away, you know, like it's a uh, very, very easy life, very efficient, you know, if I, uh, hmm. it's chaotic. It's more chaotic than the West, but that chaos is somehow I experience life as a little bit easier there because things can happen fast you know, like I, I know you guys have traveled a ton and like when you're in bali or something just, like that or just somewhere. A little. Just yeah a yeah little. just a little <laughs> the thing i love about asia is you can say like i don't have x and then some guy on a motorbike for two bucks can go get you x from the other side of the city how good and is that it's just so good and so, and those you know, we talk about in this environment we live in these days about self-care yeah. and those things that create more self-care, mm -hmm. you get access to so easily and, you know, those things like getting extra help in the house, mm. having people to look after your kids or whatever it is, right, costs yeah. us screeds over in places like here. Yeah. But in places like there... Yeah. It's just such a different story and it becomes part of your life and you live. What I love in environments like that and what I miss so much about environments like that is I miss that tribal feel. Yeah. yeah right? Totally. That you live within oh. community of people and, and they become part of your extended family. You know, I miss being in the Amalfi Coast with my Italian family yeah. and, uh, you know, we are not related by blood, but I can tell you, uh, we are so part of that family and them are part of our family. And mm. when you live in amongst it, immersed in amongst it, there your whole world becomes intertwined. And I think interesting enough is that one of the things that I really don't like about, say, living in an environment like Australia <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> is that moment i have to be careful because i'm living here full time right now right so, yeah, yeah so like i'm like okay to all my australian lovers you know i get it i do there's pieces i get but i have to say i miss that tribal community feel i miss the fact that you know people have your back you don't have to go okay let me have a look when i can fit you in if you want to come over to my house you need something come over like i will if i'm on a meeting come on in there's the fridge whatever it is you need yeah you know it's it's a different lifestyle yeah communities and families are intertwined a lot deeper and i think you know like people would the the other side of the argument someone would say would be you know shay is the lucky country and you know we have this and we have this and that is true. We do have access to a lot of things and things like that, but it actually means that we're then not interdependent on each other in a community sense. We're more dependent on being provided with certain things from a top-down sort of perspective, and it, cre it creates mm. laziness when it comes to connection. I reckon it creates. Okay, we've got we've got so much conversation to go down on that one. Like you cannot just open up that as a loop and then go. Yep, that's the end of that. That is so <laughs> not going to happen. Firstly, welcome to the decision table, and yeah, welcome. We are going to have fun 
I know because we are always like, you know, some of the conversations we've had on in messaging, I'm like, he's going to play and we're going to have some fun. So this is a no judgment zone, even for Australian lovers right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, we are, we are here. We are just having a conversation. We just happen to press live at the same time. And I think that, uh, you know, there is this need right now in society for us to have conversations, to even you know, maybe we will disagree, maybe we will agree, maybe we will go down into rabbit holes and it's okay to go down those rabbit holes. So welcome to the table and I cannot wait for what this conversation will unfold as we continue. And by the way, that open loop, let's go straight into that because <laughs> top down, you know, many would say, and maybe I'm one of these many. I don't even know right now, like in this way, because I'm I'm writing a book around leadership right now, and and mm. so this this actually has come up in in a, in quite a few conversations. Is leadership from top down, or is you know being in a society where it is run from top down, yeah, a benefit? I mean, I know you you're the leader of quite a big tribe at home, you know, and I also know that tribe lead leads you just as much. Like I've seen the the Boys. shape of your journey over the years, you know. I think when we try to like activated leaders in my head are people who recognize that everyone else is a leader and it's just like trying to find that piece in, inside of them and pull it forward, you know. Like it, there's a real misfire that happens when you start giving someone something when you just start feeding them resources and this and like i think one of the uh, one of the best slash worst things to happen to australia mm. in the last 10 years was job keeper and it's best for a couple of reasons and worst for a couple of reasons in my mind mm. best because i saw some people have been working really hard in jobs they didn't like and i'm a lifestyle entrepreneur like yourself and so i can go for a walk down the beach in the middle of the day and i noticed on the gold coast especially that the beaches were packed, you know, people were getting their stimmy checks and spending time in the sunshine. And, you know, like it was, it was like, it was Saturday every day, which was kind of great. It was good. There was people who deserved and earn a break, got a break. Yeah. But also we saw economically, we saw weird things happen. Like we saw technology run out the door and that was obvious for the home office. But then we've seen car sales spike, like the ridiculous mm. secondhand car market. Everyone got their stimmy check and bought a new car. Like... <laughs> It was like, wow. it, was like it was like the. Uh, do you remember zooming way back to Kevin Rudd in Power in Australia, and he gave everyone the thousand dollar check? Yes, and it was the year that the most flat screens ever got sold as a result. Wow, like was, there you go. It was like so. Why I'm sort of like pandering around all of that is I think that you know gifting people something means that they don't have a reason to go and work for it, and I know that you know when you work for something you appreciate it more, like. There's a such thing as unearned wisdom and unearned income, you know, and if you have someone just forking out and resourcing for you beyond your childhood when that's kind of meant to happen, then you kind of have this unearned relationship to it and you become a little entitled and we see that in the West, you know. Oh, we so see that in the West, right? So yeah. entitlement, we can talk about that in a minute, but I think something that you bring up that is interesting and, and I think it goes back to there's a lot of research right now coming up around, you know, this building of resilience. When we hand something over, you know, we just take it with children. Here's an example. This whole pandering, you talked about pandering. It's that model coddling of children or the risk out in the world. And so all of a sudden now our, our parks, our, you know, playgrounds don't have, I don't know about you, but this is going to age me. We didn't have that funny green thing that they put underneath all those things and, and padding on things. And, and we had broken down slides and swings that probably <laughs> fell off when I jumped on it or something. And, you know, like I climb trees. If I any of my kids, and by the way, they did this a lot, would <laughs> climb up trees, they would get these funny looks by walkers by, do you know your child's up in the tree? Yeah. Mm. And here's the thing, what happens is we're not even allowed to skin our knees. We're not even allowed to, uh, you know, have those opportunities to do it a little tough sometimes because mm. we are handed it over. So for those that are American that will listen to this, 
when you talk about job seeker, it's things like while through this pandemic, and we've had the same in our country too, where, you know, there has been the, what is it called? The, I can't even think what that word is. It starts with S right now, right? Where they yeah. give in money. Stimulus, stimulus checks. Stimulus pa- package. Yeah, yeah. package. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same kind of concept, right? That some, and I get it. We want to give hand up when there's an absolute desperate moment. But I can tell you, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be doing what I do today if I hadn't have gone through some of those tough journeys, if I hadn't learned some of the things that I have from experiences, by the way, I don't want to repeat, just let's get clear on that. Like I really don't. But I'm glad that I've had that opportunity to skin my knees. I'm glad I've had that opportunity to have to work through an injury. I'm glad I've had to, you know, do it tough sometimes so that I build up that resilience, the capacity the knowledge, whatever it is, to then go, this is how I can do this better. And by the way, I'm not going to do those mistakes again. I'm not going to do it that way again or find myself in that situation again. When we hand something out, there, like you said, there's no skin in that game, but there's also no building of a resilient muscle, right, the muscle of resilience. Mental toughness, why do you think there are so many people falling apart? I have a theory on that because we don't know how to toughen up, sweetheart. And this might sound a little tough right now, but I think we can often be so gentle and so caring, but actually we're not being caring because we're not calling things out, which is something that I may have posted at one stage, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Some thoughts on what I'm saying. On that, like... You know, the most loving thing a parent could do if their child ran out on the road and the car was coming to hit them would be crash tackle to them to the ground. Do you know what I mean? Like Do whatever it takes. Right, yeah. And even if, you know, you slap the kid or or skinned his knees or whatever in in, in the process of making that happen, you know, like Mm -hmm. to save the kid's life. You know, was it? It's too binary to say something is right and something is wrong. You know, like there's yeah, there's there's, there's a lot more nuance. Yeah, yeah, a lot more nuance, much deeper nuance. And we've become very black and white, two sides of two polarities, because it gets attention in this world. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the thing that gets you attention, which gets you, which is an, we're in an attention economy. So you know, when when you make money because you get attention on your YouTube channel or you get attention for building businesses certain ways and all sorts of things then what happens is is that binary arguments become good clickbait because you can just jump on one side jump up and down and you've got a lot more followers engagement conversations arguments whatever you want you know so yeah i think that you know like you know that whole tim ferris podcast question like if you could have a billboard and you could say a message to the world you know for me i don't know the exact defined refined sentence but it'd say something along the line of you know there's so much more perspective to every issue you already know about. Like mm. every single issue, there's way more perspective available. And, you know, we we see obviously the world through our eyes. So we see one perspective all the time. But yeah, there's a lot more perspectives to every every given issue. You know, I find it humbling to find myself wrong, you know, these days. Like one of the, one of the, actually the last time I remember getting tears. But is it wrong or is it just? That, and, and I think this is an interesting concept, right? Like the wrong, yeah. right thing. Because maybe you're not wrong. Maybe you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you're evolving now because you're going, hey, I've got more information. I've got more data to yeah. now move in a different way with what I know now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So and was that's that wrong before or is that just, is it wrong now? I don't think so in that case, right? Yeah, yeah, wrong before in 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 the version of the person I was before I, you know, place blame and judgment around myself, you know, and then Maybe. you move through it. Yeah, super interesting. I have Sorry, a question. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought that no, that's, that's right. an interesting thing because you talk about perspective. And I think that this is this is a conversation that I'm seeing a lot around, particularly in my world right now, that you know, I talk about this need for a new approach and in the in the field that I'm in, in leadership, yeah. that I believe there's a need for a new approach to leadership. And if this is true, then that might mean that we need to look at through different lenses and get different perspectives. But going back to something you just spoke about, 
what brings an issue to the table is if we have what everyone else is thinking and saying, we're good. But if we actually say something that is different, then that's a different perspective. And we've got this thing called cancel out, you know, cancel, uh, right. what is it? Cancel, gee, I'm having, I think I need another coffee. That's my issue right now. <laughs> um, cancel out, out. Cancel culture. Yeah, cancel culture. Thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. That's why yeah. I like hanging out with smart people so they can just get in my brain and just come up with what <laughs> I'm trying to say. Um, but cancel out culture, right? And, and yeah. because we think differently or we've got, we have to get over that. We have to go, yeah. how do we just have a human, one human to another, have a conversation, figure out what it is that is our perspective right now and what are we going to do with that right now, which goes interestingly into what you were just saying before. I think there's only one thing more more dangerous than cancel culture to a democracy, and that is picking sides. Like you should be constantly in the process of picking the sides of debates and reassessing your perspective and re reassessing your view and capturing more data and, and having proper so, thoughtful an example you know? being democracy Republican. So yeah. I'm either agreeing and I'm either yeah. one side or the other. So how do yeah. we move from that as our normal culture? There's this really cool thing. It's like a Socratic method. I heard it off a founder in Silicon Valley uh, once when he was telling me like what him and his co-founder do because they're yeah. like, you know, visionary and a systems person. And he said, um, if we're ever in a debate and we can't meet in the middle, we have this thing where we switch and we use the Socratic method where we argue from the other person's point of view. Like they have to switch and they have to argue <laughs> convincingly from the other person's point of view, which I think Ooh, is I like that. It's just like mm. real shift change and go, right, okay, let me argue the other side for a minute, like of my own argument. Mm. And it's just a good perspective shift to just go, right, okay, there's more to this than, you know, my point of view. There's there's clearly more than that. And when you sit in the other seat, you find out there's more more than that seat too, you know. Absolutely. And so I, I think picking sides is missing most of the information, you know, like assess it more, assess it more, look at it more, you know. Yeah. Many would argue that it has got us to where we are in this society right now. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. There's a really great book. One of my favorite books in the last five years is called The Dictator's Handbook. And it mm. talks about democratic systems and how every politician is ultimately corruptible. And it proves throughout history, like how it's happened time and time and time again, because you know, and any politician who wasn't up for re-election would admit that this is the process that they get in there. They've got a period of time where they can do some some work and they can cruise a bit, and then they've got to start their campaign to stay in their seat. And what happens as a result is is you have people in power making decisions that are to mm -hmm. keep their power. And the th that's that's kind of like what led me in the whole journey into like you know like you know I'm in like the crypto and decentralized finance yeah. space. And specifically, I really like these things called decentralized autonomous organizations, which is this idea that uh, everyone's in power and no one's in power. You know, it's more like a direct democracy kind of structure. It's too chaotic for most people's minds to wrap their head around from this point of view to begin with. But there's something brewing that's really different in society and really different in business structures and organizations and the way we can not only have multiple decision makers at a table yeah. but do things really differently you know oh let's like, let's let's dissect this look you're opening yeah. up by the way a can of worms <laughs> you're, you're opening up something that is really important to me and that is that i believe we have done it as individuals for too long right we've seen where that's got us as a society and we've got to collaborate that means then like you're saying that we've got to come to a decision table and there's going to be more than one decision maker right now and have a voice. So how do you do that in an effective way that isn't chaos, in other words, overwhelmed to devastation, to destruction? Because that's what can happen. And that is why we tend to go back into, well, here's the frameworks, here's the what we do, the rules, the regulations. I had a great example of this with a collaborative group that I'm building out for a community 
because I don't want to build just a community around me. That's kind of no. boring for you. It's kind of boring for the world. And here's it's exhausting for you. It's exhausting and for you. And it's too. exhausting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. as an introvert, that's extremely exhausting. And there's even more to the point, there's a responsibility. So if I'm going to bring mm. people together mm. and I'm going to say to you, hey, I'm going to have your back. I'm going to support you no matter what happens, wherever you want to go. That's a responsibility. And I don't want to carry that, honestly, on my own. I feel like... Mm. I've got enough right now in my world, but I see it as a solution that it's needed this community. So I get a whole bunch of people who I want as collaborative partners to help build that community out. It happened yesterday. So I'm really excited about everything about it. Yeah, cool. And I felt there was a missing piece. And so you've got to understand, and I think you do, for the fact that you just brought up that whole conversation around in, in your world. That's a deep conversation that many in our society have not even considered. How would we have a whole lot of people making decisions and it running successfully in a way that's going to be beneficial for each person, human, whatever you want to talk about, right? Community yeah. in that community. Many in the community go, that's just too big, can't even go there, not even entertaining that as a concept, let alone have a conversation around that, let alone actually implement something to get that happening, okay? Right. So there's times when I can tell you, going back to the group yesterday, the collaborative group, this missing piece to me is a fundamental piece of building culture out because how we build it at the beginning is the foundation to how we create culture going forward, right? Mm. So I needed them to understand this piece, but because none of them had kind of got to that piece in their world, couldn't understand that piece, it was almost like this total foreign concept. Yeah. And I was still trying to work out what I meant by it, what I, how that could play out and and I, you know, I've got some really amazing people in my inner circle who keep going, Kira now go back to sea level, right? Because I sometimes can go over here and I need to come <laughs> back to sea level. That is our thing. <laughs> and uh, so I knew I had gone out here. And in fact, one of them on the team said it so beautifully you've gone for a snorkel and you're taking us for that deep dive. Beautiful. <laughs> I literally had gone for this snorkel and a deep dive. Yeah. But I needed people to understand that this piece, although you can't understand it literally right now, mm. I believe is a fundamental piece that was missing from the foundation of what we're building out. Now that we've come from that deep dive, I brought them back to sea level. And, and over the next couple of days, I'm going to really – explain it because i now know how to explain that piece yeah. i think that is the difficulty and i know that's a big story and i know it's like oh where did she go with that where's she coming back to but i think that is part of our difficulty is we can only see what has been we can yeah. only do it this way because that's what we know that's how we've known it and if there truly is to be new approaches to the way we're doing things yeah. then how do we bring these new concepts into play even though by the way i don't know about you but all this unknown pathway forward i don't know it all i've got some yeah. concepts i've got some things i can use as data points to help mm. me make decisions going forward even though it's unknown but how do you take people mm -hmm. with you when this is not a proven thing this is not here are the three principles this is exactly how we're doing it because if we truly are to be innovative with different solutions, like you are talking about at the table, yeah. then we can't do it the same way and we're going to have to think and do things differently. The key difference in the future is, is that the way you will gain authority is by giving it. You know, that's the, mm -hmm. the major difference in the future of leadership is, is the way you'll get it is by giving it. And, and by that, I mean, like, you know, the fact that you took the whole team on a deep dive and snorkel down into the depths. I did. And I don't do that very often because yeah. I know, like literally I had people there going, I don't even know why I want to be a part of this anymore because I so confused them. But I think the future looks like your team all separately doing weird deep dives of their own, coming back with findings yes. and, you know, like pulling forward 
the vision with you. Like it, it's been expected in old school business for visionaries to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And in the future, you'll have uh, a multitude of visionaries, you know, like a, I love that. Of Absolutely. Yes. The way in which you create order in all of this chaos. Yeah, you got to create some sort of fundamental model or or economic system or, or incentive system underneath it, and whether it's economic or not. But basically, there needs to be some way in which someone can earn more by doing more, so that, so there can be earned value. There's got to be some sort of way in which people can be heard, no matter how small their voice mm-hmm. is, and there's got to be some way in which people who couldn't generally access the kind of projects or communities or movements before can now. So that all can happen through some sort of a decision-making system, right? So mm-hmm. some sort of a system where people, like if you think about it, like the very basics of just the idea of having you know, a proposal that anyone in the organization can put forward and everyone can vote on it, you know, like just that's the simplicity of that idea. Like anyone in the organization can put forward a proposal for where this thing's going, you know, please, you know, put them forward and celebrate the ones that get voted no against for the bravery of the person who put it forward and delight in the fact that they're trying to figure out new ways that this thing can go and grow and, and move. So is that still a democracy sort of concept, right? Where the majority win. Doesn't have to be majority. So there's two. There's ways yeah. to weight votes. So in a voting system right now, like when we go to the polls, it's the number of people that vote for this party or that party in all of the West. But what you can have is you can have multiple different things. I actually really like how Ray Dalio does this at Bridgewater and Associates. He's like the mm. hedge fund dude. That's that's his bio hedge fund dude. Yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he he does this thing in a meeting right where he. They do this dot point measure thing, and I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but basically they they make predictions as a team and they record their predictions and then whatever predictions play out, they kind of like get points for it, so to speak. So what can happen is, is individuals in a system can have more points based on making decisions that are better for the organization over mm-hmm. time. So you create like a weighted voting kind of system there's also another way to do it, which is, so that's like weighted votes. Another way, this is nerdy language, but is quadratic funding, which basically mm-hmm. means the smaller voices get more weight in vote. The bigger voices still get a decent vote, but they don't get the smaller voices, voice, voices get more noise. More. How do you more, define more, the smaller voice? Amounts of money typically. So the way I've seen yeah. quadratic voting done is in a funding model so far for public goods. And basically what happens is you have like a matching grant or something, like say you have a million dollars for a project, you get people to donate to decide where the million dollars goes and the smaller donations get actually move decent chunks of the capital in comparison to the larger checks that get thrown out. So the people with money can't override the system is basically the the idea of quadratic voting and and is that being beneficial and if so where and why haven't they seen that work it's pretty it's pretty damn fresh so it's from i'm liking that concept though it's it's from an organization called gitcoin which funds uh open source software in the decentralized finance or DeFi space so Mm. it's it's very cutting edge leading edge i mean i think gitcoin's been around since i think it was like january 2019 so it's less than the the, 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 i think the model was first put together by vitalik like a few months before that so it's it's very 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 early kind of thinking and this is a lot of this why i love the crypto DeFi. DAO mm. space because there's a lot of thinkers like this doing some really weird experiments in leadership, you know, like yeah, really, so good. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's just just to come right back to reality for a minute. Like you oh, and yes. your group. Oh, sorry. Reality, yes. <laughs> but I thought, come- you know, I can dive into all these kind of areas and just be absolutely fascinated with them. I love it. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, to come back to sea level for everyone listening, okay, sure. is, yeah, that's right. is, is the um, <laughs> the what you can do right now without figuring out all of the stuff I just kind of went off on mm. is is run experiments in yeah. run leadership experiments. You know, just play, just go right. Hey, we're gonna do this task. We're gonna play with it and try and do it this way. You know, or I love that. I always say test and measure, right? Like that has to yeah. be a part of your process. Yeah. Once you know you've got this awareness and you're taking ownership of it when you're in that sort of 
moment, it's around that test and measuring side of it. But, and you've got to understand this, Roscoe, like, right? There's risk. Totally. You obviously are a man that can take risk for being in that field that you are in. Yeah. So actually, funnily enough, most people would think, oh, Roscoe gets better at risk as he gets older. No, Roscoe <laughs> is human and his loss aversion increases as he gets older. I think that's because <laughs> we get older and more wiser and realize the consequence of some of these things that we go right. when we're younger. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Five, five years ago, Roscoe just, you know, would bet larger chunks, you know, or bet small, and, and, and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you get older. But you get better at deciding the bets to take from the mm. lessons you learn, right? And I still, I still like to take, I like to look at opportunities and look for hundred x and thousand x opportunities. I like tech and I like a very bleeding edge kind of industry at the front of the future. But I agree. But I don't have to put everything in. I can still take care of my family and my community and 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 be a good yeah. human and a good citizen. You know, I think the. Taking taking this notion of experimental leadership mm. kind of like forward, there's there's experiments that people need to run with people. And I think one of them is, is like one of the first ones, and you would have seen this in other people's journeys over the years, is, is that the, the sense of control is too tight. And yeah. the way you experiment to let go of that is, is you have to experimentally hand out authority to other people in the team. Mm. You know, like... You actually have to give them the right to make a decision and take not the right away from you to correct it, but like just the take the right away from you to be that decision maker on that thing, you know? And that's um So I understand this in, in, in concept. I really yeah. do. And I'm really good at doing this personally when I know people have got the vision. Right. Now when you're moving into this real unknown. That even I don't know how to explain it necessarily mm -hmm. so well. Like I've got good at explaining things that people don't know. But I think that we are moving into a space right now where there are so many variables that are unknown. Mm -hmm. And so we are forever evolving as and changing as we are because we have to because the world is changing that fast right now. Yeah. And and so where at one point as a leader you could give great vision. You could go this is where we're heading. This is how you do it. We are learning together on this vision together. How do you keep that vision clear for those that maybe aren't very good at being so visionary yet they are owning parts of this vision that they're not really even understanding literally. With the rate at the, which things are moving yeah. You know, the the exponentiality of things in all industries, like there's there's rapid growth on all fronts right now. It's like it, it, trying to get someone to get from, you know, just sort of understanding the concepts to fully integrated these concepts of what a leader will look like 20 years from now, right? Yeah. Is getting someone to drink an ocean in a single sitting. You know, mm -hmm. like it's not it's not possible. So as leaders who are taking I like that. Yeah, like as as leaders who are taking other leaders on this journey, mm. like it's our role to go, okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to have a cup today and we're yeah. going to take care of you and like, cool, okay, you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with that. Okay. And when someone's feeling overwhelmed, they're just feeling lost in the chaos and they haven't been able to make sense of it or organize it, which you're very good at. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's where you focus on is, is helping them make sense of the chaos that's going on yeah. and then and then give them a pat on the back and send them back out like you would the kids to the playground. <laughs> and here's some resources like, <laughs> and tools to do that journey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like we would with the kids, you know, like if they scrape their knee, you know, we'd come in, we'd look after them, we'd take care, like, okay, you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. Okay, cool, you good? Okay, kid, go back out, yeah. you know, like that's kind of it. But they're overwhelmed and confused because shit's getting more complex and fa mm. at a faster rate. So it makes sense to, you know, like have yeah. people who are overwhelmed by that. It makes sense, but it also means that we have to do that better and more effectively. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that we had a conversation around too, by the way, which I do want to make sure that we bring up is that yeah. health compound effect, right? Yeah. And, and I think that this is part of this compound effect of when we are leading in a certain way in this unknown territory that we are not necessarily all got it sorted out, but we yeah. are an evolving leadership. Uh, but we've got to lead the way still, by the way. 
That is yeah. not an excuse not to lead. I think still as leaders, we need to lead. Uh, I think we have to do it differently. But that compound effect of how we lead will have an effect on those that are, we have as teams, those that are in our communities, the collective, and then, of course, as I always talk about across the globe as well. Mm. So how do we do that more effectively so that even if we feel a little in chaos, a little in overwhelm ourselves, we're not bringing that into how we, I mean, your industry right now, like it could become very, very overwhelming to even put a toe in that industry right now. Yeah, it can be for a lot of people. I mean, everyone will have probably all of their assets in it without even knowing because it'll become the infrastructure and yeah. the, 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 the land below their feet before they can recognize it. But it'll become easier too. Like that's where leaders find opportunity is they go out and they see this chaotic world that someone else can't process and then they package and position it in a way that, that you know people can go through the process easily and survive it and enjoy it even. The compounding effect is a really you know, Albert Einstein famously said it's, you know, the eighth wonder of the world, right? And he wasn't talking about it just from like an economics bank account perspective. He was talking about it from natural systems, from science, you know, like from beyond, uh, what do you call it? Like the finance, right? And the his whole thing he observed was that nature can be either in a destructive system or a regenerative system. And a regenerative system produces excess that has more than enough. It's an abundant system. A destructive system slowly degrades the resources inside of that system. Yeah. And so, Until depletion, right? Right. Yeah. And so if you think about actually farming is a really good metaphor. You know how we have like monoculture. You have that like that, mm -hmm. that style of farming where you just turn the dirt over and over and over again and you plant the same thing every year for 30 years and it slowly destroys the soil and the earth. Yeah. And then you have systems like uh, syntropic or permaculture or, or regenerative systems where it's a closed loop and the whole thing actually produces mm -hmm. more than enough. It actually like when you do systems like that on more than like a thousand acre, it actually pulls in clouds and brings in extra rainfall. It does all sorts of stuff, right? It brings Unless the demand yeah. is greater than, than what it can still produce. <laughs> right. Which yeah, totally. In a lot of our systems right now, that is the issue is our demand as a human. Yeah. Yeah, okay. interesting. Yeah, mm. demand's a really good point. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have enough for the system to maintain inside of it. So I guess just in that general metaphor, yes. we're gonna we've you know we've got to be the guardian of not fulfilling too much demand so that the system correct you know exactly. yeah. is is exhausted, and so that it can stay regenerative, so that people are refueled yeah. by drinking that ocean one cup at a time. They're actually regenerated, not not drowned. <laughs> you know, and to like, me that now you're talking about the sustainable solutions at the table, right? Like that yeah, to me compound is where is. that comes. Right. That's all compound interest is. It's a sustainable yeah. version of finance or a sustainable version of leadership or growth mm. or systems in, in general. Jim Collins, I think the comment I made on Facebook that sort of like struck us off on this particular conversation, yes. he created this thing called the flywheel effect and he studied like companies that lasted you know, a lot longer than other companies. And the main thing wasn't that they had a better competitive edge or they were luckier or any of these things. Yeah. It's that they realized that they were building a regenerative system that had to keep feeding itself and growing and, and, mm -hmm. and manage it that way. And that was the difference between, you know, like a, an Apple and, a, you know, IBM or H. Hewlett-Packard being the, the market leader in tech. So yeah, like I think it's 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 for us. It's really it's really actually really like that word you use, demand. Like noticing how much demand is on the system yeah. is is a critical component. The other thing is too, though, is is you have to believe the system can self generate. Like there's yeah, this early system, early right? premise, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah yeah, like you got to believe in the people, the the resources, and mm -hmm. and capability. You actually have to believe that that capability can grow. You like you have to believe in the capability. So of also, if that is a truth, then that makes it really difficult with this new approach of we're taking you down in this pathway. We can't necessarily prove that this is the right pathway because it's unknown. Yeah. And yet we want you to go down that. See, this is the oxymoron on it, right? Like this is a tricky piece. Yeah. Because I get it as a human race, we want certainty. 
And yeah. now you're saying we are going to do it in a different way to change the results at the table, but it's not necessarily a proven way. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Mm. That's scary. But well, it's scary fun. because. But it's others also recognize that like evolution is a constant, you know. Yes, like, I agree. Like, that's the one thing that's inarguable to all scientists. And, you know, like, it, I mean, science is is arguable in nature, but the. I love, I, mean, I love it. My scientists and me, we have so much fun together yeah. because, you know, I think there's so much that we can prove or has been proven to us that we can take on that journey as we continue forward to give yeah. certainty for the pathway forward, by the way. Yeah. But I think for that to happen, we have got to go from sea level conversations to maybe just that next level even. Yeah, and yeah. a willingness to maybe step into those and maybe a willingness to go, we don't have it all sorted at the table, yeah. but we're willing to have a conversation. And if I talk a little different, if I say things a little different, it's it's actually okay. Just like I need to hear from your perspective. Yeah. I really enjoyed there's this meetup that's global. They had it on the hat. I've been to a couple around the world. I don't know if I can swear, but it's called F Up You Night. can do whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the, the meetup's called Fuck Up Nights and there's like a couple of thousand <laughs> of them around the world. And it's basically stories of leaders who've failed and sharing mm. the lessons of what they've learned from it. I think it's really amazing when I went to those events, something that I something that I got out of it most was mm. like some of the most amazing lessons were from things that went wrong and we have so much shame and built into this attention economy that shame is like anti getting attention so we can't share things that are shameful or perhaps something we're a little you know we've stubbed our leadership toe we've made a mistake and we can't share it because that would be to show too much skin you know like to our competitors i think that that's that's something that's going to change and i and i see leaders you know like the likes of Brené Brown and stuff like that, she's just, you know, incredible. Mm -hmm. And um, that ability to have those bold conversations. And that's one of the things I love about you. Like I've been, I feel like we've been going to have this conversation for a couple of years because I really like <laughs> you said that. For, yeah, you're, you're a stand for these bold conversations that aren't afraid to sort of like touch on things that people are precious about. Yeah, because I yeah. think there's, in saying that, I think there's, this is the only way we can mm. ever have any change mm. happening because otherwise we're just going to keep hitting the same walls again and that doesn't bring much hope for my children and the generations to come yeah yeah i think they're going to have a pretty pretty interesting life mm. uh, when i think about my babies you know like they're going to be able to they're going to like you think about right now where we're at in the world like a teenager that's just got his license and whatever, like he can go be a Deliveroo driver or an Uber, you know, Uber Eats driver or whatever, like go get his bike and deliver food. And like, it's kind of, it's a weird world where the kid can choose from his iPhone what his job's yeah. going to be and start it the next day. And it's going to be sort of like, they're going to be able to interact with so many things like that. They're going to be able to go like, oh, I'm suddenly X or I'm suddenly this. And it's going to be like this first player game of just experiencing all these different things in life. I think it's going to be pretty tremendous for them, to be honest. It'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I, I'm going to give you a moment because you, earlier on, I stopped you and we were talking, um, but you were, you said, I want to ask you a question. So that's an yeah. incomplete loop in my brain. So I'm like, okay, I want to know what that question is. I mean, I want to know what's the goals and ambitions of the decision table like generally speaking because i you know i i yeah. have a sense of it but yeah so so good question and i think in some ways it began the decision table because so many decisions get made at a table mm -hmm. and i wanted to have conversations around the table and then I, to take that to the next level I also wanted to, many people go, I want to connect with you. I want to see whatever. And we often can have a conversation because I find out what Roscoe does. I find out who he is by the bio in LinkedIn or yeah, yeah. by whatever. So yeah, yeah. my biases and my conditioning will come into play. And I haven't got to know who is the Roscoe, who is the real person behind this. And right. here's the other side of it. 
there there's another side to this as a new person into having a conversation like this with you if i said to you let's just get on a zoom then no one else learns from that conversation that may sure. listen to this at some stage later like these are going to be put into podcasts these are going to be repurposed in lots of different ways along the journey no one's going to hear that conversation those insights that we are going to get from this as well that we've taken so i feel like that's kind of selfish i got to hang out with so many people amazing people across the globe and i one of the things that i often thought was i wish others had heard what i just heard there that yeah, was right. so i wanted to be able to create a platform where i could share it and the other thing is that i think there is so much on social media where it's we're not allowed to say what we want to there's judgment yeah. around it and i yeah. want the decision table to be a no judgment zone so if yeah. you want to disagree with me i'm okay to agree to disagree yeah. but i want you to know that i'm also know what i stand for what yeah. i don't stand for i know what my non-negotiables are i know what i am willing to say and what i'm not i'm also really real and raw and i think in leadership right now you know there's many complaints that you know and we've talked about some of touched on some of these things you know like it's like if you've got these things if it looks like this if this is what's happening then i believe that's ego based leadership right yeah. and the world almost goes wow you must yeah. be a cool leader because you've got all these things yeah yeah and i don't think i think that sets up many people who actually want to lead in their in their sphere of influence but are not because there's these rose petal glasses out there that portrays that when you're a leader, you look like this, you sound like this, and you're going to do it this way. I yeah. would love for the decision table to be the beginning of a start of a curious conversation where maybe people don't think like you and I do and are at that sea level, but have taken even just one thing from our conversation today. Then I go, what if they did that? And, and, I cannot tell you how many people and leadership's a funny thing. So mm. I get a lot of people when I reach out that or they send me a personal message. It's not on a public thing. And I think that we need to bring leadership to the front of the table mm -hmm. so that people can see when we disagree. How do we do that? Hmm. When we see that it's a tricky conversation, I have talked on here on the decision at table about sexual abuse. I have talked about racial tension. I've talked yeah. about economic challenges. I've talked about the global state. I've talked about the home life. I've talked about anything and everything. Why? Yeah. Because it yeah. is affecting, it is creating our global problems that we're seeing across the globe as leaders that we are dealing with. If yeah. we cannot start working through those things, having conversations in an open forum, then in how a safe, do we safe open forum too, like safety yeah. in these conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's it's right now to have any civil discourse, yeah. you, you're treated like a you're treated like a terrorist under current laws, literally Correct. to have. Yeah civil discourse and civil discourse simply means like safety in discussing these wild ideas i love it by the way i'm just like because you've taken you know you're embodied of a regenerative system anyway like you're you're sharing these com conversations in a compounding way where you know everyone gets the impact as well which is which is incredible so well because i think we have to role model what this mm. new change can be yeah. and that means that i don't have it all right i don't have it all no. messaged in a way that i can say yeah. this is who it is this is what it looks like <laughs> Do you know that is the most trickiest piece you know uh, another project i'm working on is doing the global human intelligence podcast mm. and when you've got these greats that are amazing leaders across the world so what are we going to talk about? What are the questions? And I can tell you those that have come on it, it's not open to the public yet, but those that have already come on it have gone, I've never said that in a public forum. I've never been asked this question before. And this is the thing. It's not been asked. 
They are not questions and it's uncomfortable, but we yeah. have to become comfortable and we have to learn because there is so much we can learn from each other so we can do this journey better and go down it. By the way, talking about learning from each other, if people want to know who you are, what you actually do outside of having these amazing conversations, where do they go to find out more about you? I'm pretty much on all the social medias as Roscoe Patterson, as my name, name yeah. is on the screen. I'm building a thing called SyncDAO, but just go search me, connect with me, send me a message. I'm a human. I'm doing things and... You're a human. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, an AI. <laughs> I love this, but here's the thing. I love the fact you said I'm a human because here's the thing. The book I'm writing and um, I'm going to release it in October is called Humanity as Stakeholders, The Future mm. of Leadership. And, uh, you know, when I talk about humanity, they go, oh, she's over there. She's talking about this big thing. And I love the fact you are a prime example of what I believe humanity is. It's you and I. Yeah. We are humans, part of a human race. Yeah, and until we bring that back to this, yeah. change is not going to happen in that way. So for me, I really appreciated that moment. All right. Mm. So, by the way, the one question I do ask, the yeah. same on every decision table is this and i'm gonna as we've come to that time oh. and that is what are you taking from our conversation today i actually got a lot when you said the demand on a regenerative system because um mm. i think about it as the system self-generates a lot and i don't often think about it from the demand side yeah i got a lot out of that just thinking about you know, like the this role that we have as caretakers to look after regenerative system systems that can grow and evolve. You know, I always think about what I'm putting into it. But there's what I got out of today's conversation is it's not only what you're putting into it and how you're caretaking it, but it's also part of the caretaker's role is to defend against demands that are too over the top. So yeah, that's the thing I got yeah, out of it. I love that. Thank you so much. No, you're so welcome. And I love that because I think that demand comes as part of a variable there are so many variables mm. and it's very easy for us and it goes back to some of the conversation we've talked about it's easy for us to go to black and white it's yeah. easy for us to go there's one answer or no answer you know i'm either the this is the answer or there is no other answer and reality is that when we play in that as the space that we play in we leave out so many variables at the table and mm. this is what I loved about what you got from it was some of the variables are demand. What is mm. the demand on us as a human being? What's the demand on us as a leader? You know, what is the demand on the system, the processes, the thinking that we have that because um, we may have a demand of a systemic thing that is already in play, right? Mm. Um, so there are so many variables to even that, and I love that. Another variable at the table is capacity, right? Right. And I think, you know, when we talk about people who want to play at a small level versus, say, someone that wants to play full hard out, massive and big, that is okay. You've got to know what that capacity is. You know, do you yeah. have the things in play that can do that? Do you have, and, and, you know, we brought this up in the conversation around, are there others at the table? And that's why I love the collaborative concept of the table growing bigger, that it's not just yeah. one leader there with the vision, but it's others that hold that vision and together are, are bringing it to the table. How, you know, what is the capacity and how much does that grow when you've got more than one leader at that table being the visionary, right? Yeah. That is the capacity, you know, your capacity to be able to do things I think, I at think, a much I think, quicker speed happens. Yeah. I think what happens is you end up with multiple tables. Like there's lots of, Maybe. like there's a, there's a multiplication of tables where you get people who are great at sitting at many tables at once with like living in different bubbles. Like you get this I as like, someone who travels really well. I know you can sit at the table with like, great business leaders, you can sit at it yeah. with um, families, you can sit at it with yes. community members, you can sit at it with scientists, like you've yeah. got the the key ability to sit at many tables. And that's something that's uh, an undervalued skill, I think, grossly by society. Thank you. And thank you for yeah. recognizing it. Because I just thought anyone could do that. And I realized that <laughs> anyone couldn't do that. And that it was part of why I have this broader spectrum Mm. of thinking and from future to starting to all this in between right it's because i've gathered all these insights 
And I've been able to sort of put them into my data as a human being and then go, oh, this is what they come out as. And people go, well, so thank you for recognizing it because for a long time, I just thought everyone thought like that. And I've realized (laughs) not everyone thinks like that and not everyone thinks like me. So how do I communicate it in a way that maybe can take people on that journey. So I want to I want to say what I've got from this conversation. I think there there was so many different little pockets of wisdom and and like honestly I feel like we could have, you know, the time's come to an end, but like we could have talked for hours and I'm looking forward to what that can look like going forward as well. The thing that I really took from it was, you know, the gulping of the sea. And I know that that's that's an interesting concept, but the gulping of the sea I think we have to be really intentional that we're not coming just pouring it all in. Mm. And, you know, and I think for any listeners that want to play at a big level, it's really easy to look at things, to think that we can just come with it all. But sometimes we have to take people on a journey. And that reminder today was really good of, you know, making sure that we're giving it out in the cup, not Mm. pouring it out. And I think that this comes from this whole concept of also going, even though I've got an opinion, I want to be able to say that. I want to voice that. But that doesn't mean that everyone else needs to take that on board. doesn't even mean that everyone else has to take that somewhere in their journey on board. But I, just like you've got a voice, just like every other person's got a voice, if given half a chance, we still have to have a voice at the table. And that is where I think, you know, we can either ambush or we can come with that cup. And so just on that one too, you asked a question. You said, no, you didn't ask a question, actually. You made a statement, I should say. And you said, "Um, I don't think... I I wish I had it up because I I like using your exact words. So correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, like, you know, not everyone makes those calls or can take, you know, make tough calls, call people out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And you don't do this very often, but you or you don't do this in a public way or something. You said something like that, but you said you could do this. And my reply to that was this. On the decision table, if you ever listen to all of them, 50 million that I've done, (laughs) I call people out because I've got permission to do that in our conversation as we have this conversation. And so I do that in a public scene. So that's another reason for it. But, and there is a but, in a public space, I call the problem out I don't call the person out. I do that behind scenes. And so I have been very intentional in that because if I truly want to give everyone a voice at the table, I need to give you a voice even if I disagree with that. And I will be very clear on what I do stand for as I'm evolving. I'll be very clear on that, by the way. Because yeah. sometimes it's percolating ideas, concepts. Yeah. But I will, I will absolutely call out a problem yeah. if I see a problem. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that it's amazing. Like if there's an elephant in the room or a problem that needs to be called out, it, it, you know, like I, I feel like more people need to have bravery around that. But some sometimes people feel like calling it out is, is like getting into a fight and it's not a safe thing to do. The The safe version of the same thing is, is just, just request how you'd like it to be. How you, Like this is how I see it. This is how I'd like it to be. What can we do? Yeah. You know, like there's a safer way to kind of do it in a forum. Is that engages in, is like, that? I think so. I think so. I think that people are sometimes more compassionate than we give them credit for and yeah, um, exactly and i agree with you on that one yeah yeah and it's, I also hard when think, you're, it's hard when you're battling keyboard warriors on the internet though <laughs> like to, to remember that I'm, I'm really clear that i need to have an opinion but i need to listen to other people's opinions too that doesn't mean that i'm going to agree with it sure, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that i'm going to um, and if it's disrespectful to other people, then I will cut that down like a like a house on fire. But um, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I will because we. And have you'll have to- people cheer you on in that moment too. Like that's that's where I was like, that's why I was saying in the comment. That's why I was like, I'm pretty sure you could call people out in public 
and it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> like, because like, you, would, you wouldn't do it disrespectfully, and you'd pick the right mark. Is kind of what my comment was. Like, I think like you'd call out. So, the, how do I do that in better ways? How can I do that more effectively? I'm an open book right now. Because I think, here's I, the I thing: think you're right. I don't, call, out the, call out the problem yeah. publicly, like you said. Like, call out the problem in, in in the public forums more often. Yeah, you know, like do it your way, like double down on who you are because, you know, like I see that trade in you because of who you are, like double down on that, like yeah. call out those problems that you see, like, hey, I see this is a problem. What can we do, you know? Yeah, but I can also tell you that often <laughs> because I've done this in the past, so this is why I know. So I want to, uh, we're just going to finish up the broadcast yeah. in a minute. Don't run off. But I do want to just finish up on this because here's the thing on this, that often when you do call it out to a public thing, others don't because they know I will call you if you reply on something that I might disagree on. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to do that in a public arena. Yeah. And so it's not just me calling it out. I'll often put up a question. I'll often put in a, a, a thought around and I'll tell you anything to do with social impact and, and humanity being affected in huge ways, then these things will be the quietest post I ever. But if I ask you, what computer are you using? Uh, <laughs> what is the latest technology? You know, those kind of questions, not a problem. Lots of followers, lots of people. My world is getting better and I, I want to do a kudos because those that are replying, those that are getting into conversation, I only believe that is helpful for others. So I can call it out, but I also believe that it has to be others coming in on that conversation and calling it out with me yeah. in the public. That's where we get traction. That's when things become, you know, Okay, I'm curious. I want to know more about that. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the broadcast, and uh, I'm just, I, I'm just grateful that you've been willing to to step up and step in here and have a conversation. So, thank you for everything. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for having me. Is there anything that I have not given you an opportunity to say today? No, we're good. No. Yeah, awesome. that's good. Then I'm ending the broadcast, but don't you run away. <laughs> Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.